0: Costs to originate keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about inventory from the Airbnb bus that never materialized to the steady existing home sales numbers and of course, about mortgage rates. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire, with Ryan Marshall, CEO and founder of Equity Protect to talk about a very specific and growing kind of fraud risk. Ryan, what is being done today about deed fraud?
1: We've closely collaborated with prominent title law firms in the country to identify the actual vulnerabilities that are associated with the financial crime. Our focus has been to understand how the crimes are facilitated. We've explored all legal mechanisms and we've aligned our solution with the existing laws and constraints that are customary policies in the the transaction. So fortunately, what we've done is we've successfully devised a range of methods that harmonize all of these elements together. Our approach combines a biometric multi-factor authentication authenticated transactional hyperledger layer and a newly crafted copyrighted property notice form that's accepted in all 50 states. In essence, our service parallels to a credit lock that you would find, you know, when you relock your credit. We actively monitor and prevent any suspicious activities that ever happen on your property.
0: Thanks Ryan. Listeners, find out more information at equityprotect.com. Welcome back to the podcast, Logan.
2: It is wonderful to be here, Sarah.
0: It is wonderful to have you here. So we have lots of different topics. First one we wanted to talk about was what happened to the Airbnb bust, right? Like I thought we were going to have millions of homes that people could buy, stimulate the real estate and mortgage industry. What happened?
2: You know, the Airbnb bust, bust itself. You know, it's kind of like you know the for, forbearance crash, bros. Forbearance itself collapsed. Um, here, you know, the Airbnb bust was kind of a, o- almost a marketing gimmick to to a degree. It's uh, the Airbnb bust was actually a twenty twenty one story because what occurred is that nobody was traveling, and all these people had these Airbnb bus homes, and none of them could keep the property, and that they would have to sell. Uh that obviously didn't happen. I think this one is we have to realize there's there's a group of people that are trying to make housing like massive investor boom and this is going to explode in inventory just like it did during the housing bubble crash years. What a letdown. Sarah, it is almost Halloween in 2023 and <laughs> We are like nowhere close to the fifty year average of active listings, and this is like this is year four now first it was covid then it was forbearance, then it was you know mortgage rates, the big collapse and all and you know this year Airbnb bus was getting so much attention and what what i what what I'm trying to always emphasize this year is that oddly enough the Craziness of the housing market and the bond market and mortgage rates and everything that's going on in the world. The one data line that has been consistently calm was the new listings data. You know, and we uh, wrote about that in the in the tracker article. That the, I think one of the fears is that if mortgage rates keep on going higher, new listings data will take another leg lower, and you know we would start a brand new uh, uh, all time low and work off of there. And it has just been. Remarkably steady. The only time that we saw any kind of volatility in his data was around uh, Labor Day weekend and when school started. And a lot of that has to do with we're, we're working with the lowest levels ever recorded in history. So any kind of holiday can really move the numbers. Uh, um, but outside of that, you know, it's just been very steady, Eddie. Uh, we haven't seen the major escalation in distressed inventory. And we haven't seen the the other fear of. You know, mortgage rates getting so high that people will stop listing. It's been a very, very steady uh, year so far.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the numbers of this, because this is what people always, I think, get, um, they get over their skis on this because they're like, oh, there's millions of ha- homes. And let's not forget all of those homes that were bought up by investors after um, after the great financial crisis was because the government was like, hey, we need some help. We have all these vacant homes. Can you take them over and like rent them out? Because- it's not good for neighborhoods that they're sitting there. So that's why a lot of that happened.
2: Sarah, one of the things that's was interesting, the Airbnb bus people are also second home bus people. So uh, a great example I did on Twitter, which is which is hilarious. One of the one of one of the crew said that there was five million second homes bought in 2020 to 2021. Five million. And I sat there and I'm like these people are crazy. So I just retweeted the person that said, "Well, let's think about this. There's like six to six and a half million total home sales per year. So in 2020 to 2021, if five million homes were like are looking at 40 percent of all homes were bought were uh, a second home. So then I thought, okay, how how could we show this? And then what I did is I actually took the um, the data from Optimum Blue and they showed the rate locks." for second mortgages or for second homes. And we're like trending at 4%, 4%. And then we got five, five and a half percent. So you got this little blip, of course, a little blip of second homes. And then of course, a lot of second homes were, were bought with cash, but that was it. How do you get 5 million people? How do you get 5 million homes bought in two years? That's like almost almost all the worth of homes right now. I mean, we're going we're to get like near 5 million total home sales this year. So uh I think the best way to explain the, the Airbnb bus uh, uh, scenario is that usually what happens with short-term rentals is that they become long-term rentals first. So the the notion that the major escalation that was supposed to happen uh, July, August, and, and September, and now we're almost in uh, October, it, it hasn't occurred. So most likely, if there is somebody that's having a hard time uh, renting out the short term, they move it to long term rentals first. So that explains the very calmness of the new listings data. Uh, but also, I mean, realistically, let's, let's, let's keep this as real as possible. There's over 144 million total housing units in America. Airbnb bus, I don't even, excuse me, Airbnb, Airbnb, I don't believe it even got to 1.2 million. Like it was trained like eight nine hundred thousand and almost got to almost got to one point. So there is growth in this. The the listings of Airbnb is is the, is the highest ever, but it's also not quite you know the 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 high velocity uh, inventory. And then this also goes into another discussion that I, I try to I try to teach this with the Airbnb bus people that during the housing bubble years, the credit boom, a lot of investors had option arm loans. So they'll have seven or eight properties on option arm loans. And the option arm loans got really exotic in 2002, three, four, five. It got really crazy in 2005. So the entire debt structure of loans back then facilitated a lot of what we call forced credit selling uh, in that light and then foreclosures. Here, boy, COVID forbearance, seven percent mortgage rates, the biggest home sale crash ever. Here we are, 8% rates and the new listings data. As of last week, Sarah Wheeler was down week to week mild, down year over year mild, which makes it today the lowest new listings ever recorded in the history of America in the year that we were supposed to see the biggest bust ever recorded from a short-term rentals company ever Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, women and children of all ages, we just added another one on year 12 of the housing bubble boys 2.0 list of crazy things that have not occurred and it's great that we're almost at Halloween cuz it just quite didn't get there.
0: Well, also, as you and I've noted in the past, many of the Airbnb listings are not for full houses. So even if somebody was like, "Oh, I got a you know the bust. It's like what they're gonna foreclose on the one room that they had. I mean, I know I, I look on Airbnb all the time. I travel a lot. I, I'm an AirB- I am a former Airbnb operator, and I can tell you there are tents, there are hammocks, there are couches, there are bedrooms. Uh, you know,
2: Sarah, crazy. does this mean that? Does this mean you're reading?
0: It would mean you're that. reading, right?
2: I am. Yeah. What do we always say? We always say reading is a good thing. The history of human civilization has always taught us that those that read uh, will always have an advantage over people that don't read. And one of the reasons why we do the nerd tour, one of the reasons why we always talk about uh, showing the charts and the data is when people get perspective of actually reading something or just getting the visuals of the charts really, a, you know, a good chart, how it's explained, the chart should do the work itself. Then a lot of things get cleared up. So um, I understand why they do it. I get it. I mean, I've always said there's some people who always want to ice skate uphill. It's just who they are. It's the nature of the beast. And then we are the pilgrims in an unholy land. Uh, uh, and disinformation and, and information in this regard, is it, it, it benefits what their goals are of trying to get attention. But really, it... I mean, it, it is it is the irony of all ironies that the year that we've had now—it's 15 months now, by the way—because mid-July 2022 is when the new listings data took a noticeable dive, and it's literally been trending at the lowest levels ever recorded in history for 15 months. The time that we were supposed to see the biggest investor collapse and increase in inventory, tied with the lowest new listings data, and there's nothing that's going to change. This is history. This is in the books. It's done. Right, uh, uh, so this was another added to the major whiff, right? So when we see distressed inventory data, we'll see it in the new listings data. We'll capture it first, not them, okay? And when we could talk about it, you know, especially when we see stress in any of the credit markets or even in the economy, but this wasn't it. It wasn't in 2021, and it wasn't in 2023. But I think this one is a little bit sweeter, like a nice sweet Halloween candy. Uh, The year that was supposed to be the bus ended up being the year with the lowest new listings ever.
0: And you've been tracking this on the housing market tracker. You've been looking, you've been hoping to get some weeks that have had between 11,000 and 17,000, you know, growth of of new listings that way. And you haven't gotten it yet.
2: I am batting. uh, Can you believe this? I'm batting zero. (laughs) And with 8% mortgage rates, I mean, I'm just, and one of the reasons why um, we we talk about this on the tracker article uh, all year long if mortgage rates start to rise, especially if they're going above seven, we should have at least a few weeks between 11 to 17,000 active inventory growth, right? The whole model is based on inventory growth, slow demand, you know, days on markets grow. And literally, I'm here thinking, okay, it's 8% now. I've got to be able to uh, get it this week. And literally the growth rate slowed, right? So the only way I could explain this is that, it's october right so the seasonality of of active listings is uh you know there are people that you know we usually see a decline if this was march of 2024 you know we should be able to get it because of the seasonality factor is is better there but this time it just hasn't worked out and uh uh we're you know last year when mortgage rates spiked the peak of listings actually was October 28th. Now, of course, we're starting the seasonal bottom later these days. So you can make a case that because we start so late that we end a little bit later. But in this case, uh, we should have been able to get at least a few weeks between 11 and 17,000 in whopping zero.
0: Whopping zero. It It almost seems like there's a mortgage rate lockdown, and that's why higher rates have not resulted in more inventory I, I think that's what you're saying right
2: except the data has not confirmed that the data has always confirmed that you actually get more inventory with higher rates my uh, weekly inventory data didn't get there but we had nine thousand seven hundred thousand nine we actually had faster growth with higher rates it just didn't get to my level and when we go back into the data last year we saw inventory growth the slope was faster with higher rates 2018 19 we saw, the slope a little bit faster in certain areas. We saw inventory growth happen there. 2013, 14, we saw the same thing, right? The only way inventory grows in America that we've seen in the data now for 13 years is higher rates slow the market down. And inventory grows that way, right? Uh, lower rates, on the other hand, Nothing. Don't have it in the data line.
0: We we will see when we look back at the data from this period. I, we will I see have 13, if this was an anomaly. Sarah
2: Wheeler, I have thirteen years of data on myself. I wish I I wish I could have at least one year that I could actually incorporate this because then I could add a new whole variable time. and it's that's a lot of fun for me. But the problem is, you're asking me to say something that is never factually true. Right. Well, so, you
0: know what? It hasn't been factually true in those thirteen years, but it might be when we look back at this. Well, person. when it we happens,
2: to- then we could we could say it happened one time. But happen. you're asking yes. me to tell our viewers that it's okay to lie and it's yes. not okay to lie. We're going to go with the data, yes. and the data does not show that active inventory growth. And listen, part of this is this. You know, one of the things I realized this year about this whole debate that we're doing. By the way, people are asking for the video of the defeat of Sarah Wheeler at HousingWire uh, housing wire annual. When are we getting that up for people? I mean, the, the public wants to watch, you know, and I'm not
0: uh, super excited about getting that up, but I'm not in charge. Yeah, We of should that get that, that up. Anymore.
2: Cause then it goes. And one of the things that's interesting that um, again, I it, it's partly my fault. Cause I, I probably haven't talked about it enough when we talk about why does an active inventory grow with low rates? Well, when you get your home in a contract, if you, cl- if you're closing it below 30 days, it doesn't fall into the active inventory, your house is gone, right? So, when demand picks up, w- what happens when lower rates happen? The first time home buyer picks up because they finance 90% of their mortgage, so whatever is coming onto the market, they're getting. Um, we close transactions faster these days than what it used to be in the past. So, part of it is just the procedural. Uh, uh we close loans so much faster than what it used to be. I remember. You know, uh, we used to, it used to take like forty-five to sixty days to just do a loan. Sometimes, you know, it took long. Now we, because of technology and productivity and everything, things close faster, so it doesn't allow the inventory to kind of hang on, and that explains some of the uh, uh, factor why inventory growth. Those charts, remember that chart that I draw that black line, Sarah. Whenever rates go lower, the, eh. so here it, it, it's a, it's an interesting year because. Uh, higher rates recently has created a little bit more faster growth on the inventory side, and we're actually almost getting to flat year over year. Uh, we've been negative, you know, as mortgage rates went lower last year, toward the end of the year, demand picked up, inventory went lower. It, we had the latest start ever for the seasonal thing, but with higher rates, you see that growth rate. So the question is, do we actually have one or two weeks that are positive year over year? In any case, we're still at near the bottom uh, and, and this is the situation with the imagery. That's why the weekly tracker was created so everyone could have live data up to the week, and then everyone gets to see if there is an Airbnb bus. Boy, the new listings data would go vertical. I keep on saying this: no, we will never be able to miss this now, right? Don't be the ones that uh, don't be the person that says I don't know. Why we're going to see it in the data, and because we're working from the lowest levels ever recorded history, man, that spike is going to be vicious because it's been so slow and steady uh, this year, especially uh, now with uh, 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 2023 ending the year with the lowest levels ever recorded in history.
0: This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire with Melinda Wilner, Chief Operating Officer at UWM. Melinda, the wholesale channel has grown significantly over the past year. What does this mean for the industry?
1: Yes, Sarah, it has grown significantly. What we're seeing is a lot of retail loan officers that are coming into wholesale knowing that it's just a better way and better value add for their borrowers too. So it's been a really great shift and I'd say the majority of what's there and it's been really great. You know, we've watched the wholesale channel based on the direct funded loans rise up to over 22% in Q2 from uh, data from IMF. So it's really great to see the wholesale channel is growing. It's fantastic to get more borrowers into the wholesale channel because it really, really is the best place to go to for a loan. So we're so excited to watch that pickup, to see that pickup, to continue to support mortgage brokers and borrowers. That wholesale really is the best way.
0: Thanks, Melinda. And listeners, you can find out more at beamortgagebroker.com. So let's talk about mortgage rates. Okay, so I know that... The bond market has been so crazy. Have you gotten any sleep in the last week at all? Because so much happens overnight <laughs> and you are updating our audience on our mortgage rate center. We now, you do an, uh, an update every morning. You're like, here's what you should expect today. And then you do a video for our audience. Are you getting any sleep, Logan?
2: You know, it's the, the overnight trading, which a lot of people might not be uh, uh, accustomed to has been pretty wild lately. And uh, of course. You know, uh, a lot of people who listen to this podcast, a lot of them follow me on Instagram and and I do these Instagram stories and I show the bond market like at 1130 at night and go, oh, we finally have a calm trading day. You know, like, oh, here we go again. And um, that's probably, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't uh, versed to overnight trading or what's happening overseas, but uh, we've been so wild lately. And just, you know, when we saw that to 10 year yield, get over 5%. That day, and then just have a really huge reversal. Some of the some of the Wall Street for uh, Bill Gross, they 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 cover their short the bond market, and now they're saying, "Oh, it looks like the economy is slowing down, so you want to be long bonds." We've talked about the itchy fingers, right? The the wild moves that you see day to day. Now, uh, this is being recorded on Tuesday, uh, so who knows? By the time Thursday comes, we don't know where the ten yield is, but it looks like the ten year yield, you know, as a short term peak, and then we just need this to. Slowly move lower and not have the Fed somebody tape the Fed's mouth, right? You know, for the rest of the year. Just tape it up. You know, you don't need to talk anymore. Please, no more hawkish statements for the sake of mankind. Let it go. Right? You know, uh, it's almost Christmas, Thanksgiving. Just, you know, let the bond market kind of take things lower. And uh uh, it's just been wild this last, the last few days and, uh, uh that overnight trading really is. And what we do in the morning is that we give everybody an update on what's happening. If there's any economic news. We see how the bond market reacts to that. Uh, but as, as I'm talking right now, it's 4.80. So we're not, a, we're not over five, but we're slowly trending lower after that big reversal in that day.
0: So we're hoping you said last week that you could see that some of the activity in the bond market. It seems like we could be heading for a top, and then do you think that happened like Sunday night or? or
2: Yeah, you know it's la. You know, literally, it was last last year at this time. You know, last year uh, October twenty seventh is when I wrote that article saying, okay, the case for lower mortgage rates. just a short term top at four and a quarter, just because the dollar was getting stronger. We had a lot of market stress. Now, last year, you know, the bond market was sniffing economic weakness, right? Because on October 27th, the main Fed's recessionary indicator went off. So, bond traders, okay, they're going with that. Okay, and the next move should be lower. Now, we got all the way down to like that 3.37 level, and I was like, you know, start of the year. I got to bring Gandalf. I got to bring Gandalf until the labor market breaks. I don't think we're going to go below this. So we got to those levels and the Gandalf line held all eight times except once. One time they broke. That was the peak of the banking crisis. So the bond market was pricing in a recession or the Fed cutting and then the banking crisis has kind of gone away. We haven't heard much stories then. Jobless claims have reversed. You know, We were in an uptrend on claims that actually reversed. We actually got below 200,000. So the bond market doesn't have the same backdrop but you know real yields are so restrictive right now so if you're if you're going to make a case that that 5% 5, 504% whatever the the top there it's that hit the history of real yields being this restrictive means that the next 12 months the economic growth is going to slow down and what the one sector that gets hit the hardest is housing which is you know by the time this Podcast comes out. We're gonna the new home sales report is out on Wednesday, and one of the ironies of this cycle is that the builders have been able to move product because they're buying down rates. Uh, I think Pulte Homes had whatever, like eighty percent plus of their buyers get uh, 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 buy down rates, and they have the profit margins to do this. You know, it costs twenty or thirty thousand dollars for them, but that's how they move the product. So, in a sense, the Fed wanted to create higher labor supply. Well the builders would be firing their construction workers because they wouldn't be constructing home if sales go down. But since their profit margins are so high, they're paying down rates, they're moving products. And that's that's the, one, of the, one of the main reasons why uh, new home sales is still growing year over year. And of course, when lower rates went lower toward the end of last year, um, the builder's confidence started to increase and uh, home sales in general went up. But in this higher rate environment, they're still pushing that lever for the for uh, the the buy downs and it's it's helping them move their products. So really interesting, different cycle, different variables here. But uh, I probably in the back of the mind of the Fed, they're like, man, we just wanted a recession. Why can't these construction workers be fired to make our jobs easier? So good for the builders because they're keeping people employed and they're moving sales, and that's good in, in that regard. But uh, that's the interesting dynamic, and they can do this because their profit margins are higher in this, uh, the last few years than it was pre pandemic.
0: I, uh, continue to go to builders around in my area and DFW I was with, uh, I went to a different one on Sunday and they're giving $40,000 off and I'm not looking at really expensive places. So I thought that was really interesting. I mean, they, they have the ability to compete in this market.
2: You know, and and when you when you look at the when you look at the builders, when rates were heading towards six percent, you know, if they needed to do a buy down, it cost them a lot less, right? So you could understand when rates were falling, the builders' confidence index started to rise, which people were like, "Okay, we're going into recession." The HMI data never increases during a recession, right? It only increases through a recovery. So a lot of stock traders were kind of caught off guard with that. It's because they were paying down rates and whatever they need to do cutting prices, they move product. Here, as rates keep on going higher, it's just going to cost them more and more and more because, again, they sell homes as a commodity, right? Uh, they're efficient sellers. They don't want to keep a backlog of uh, units closed. So by the time this uh, this podcast comes out, we'll see how many uh, homes are completed for sale. I think the the number for last month was 76,000. Now, it was go around the country and say, does anybody know how many new homes are finished and, and available for sale? Nobody knows that 76,000 for a country of 335 million and 157 million people working we have 76,000 homes go at it you know so uh they 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 operate differently yes
0: and i've been with you somebody in the audience knows but that's because they read you or they listen to us and they're like that that's the only reason yeah. they know that
2: there's only yeah, there's, a, yeah.
0: <laughs> there's always somebody
2: but you know it's 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 just it's just a it's a very unique cycle i think about this period of time cuz all my work was ready for years 2020 to 2024, right? Here it is. And I was, COVID happened and everything changed. And we wrote the COVID-19 recovery model and we had to do all these different things. And the irony is that everything that I thought that could go wrong, you know, possibly actually kind of did. So it's kind of weird because, you know, people don't say, they they don't believe housing's crashing because prices aren't falling and people aren't losing their homes. But you see this Really historic dive in sales. And the and again, those those that followed us, you know, late 2020, early 2021, were like, everyone, hello, prices are about to explode. Nobody knows how low inventory is, you know, and uh uh housing inflation when you have normal credit channels can be a wicked thing. And, and that's what we saw. It's it's unfortunate, you know, you would like to have a more balanced marketplace. Uh, i've always said as long as home prices just grew 23 percent for five years that's 4.6 percent nominal on a real basis that's perfectly fine that didn't happen literally by the summer of 2021 we are, already broke i already lost my price growth model so uh it, it's just you know you gotta go with you gotta go with the hand that you're dealt with and things obviously the pandemic changed uh, everything so that's what we got to deal with so we just wait for the next crazy thing to happen and take it from there
0: Okay, so what are you looking for when it comes to the tracker next week?
2: You know, of course, number one, see if I could get one hit this year. Uh, See if the inventory growth could be between 11 to 17,000, so crossing fingers. And then, uh, of course, uh, seeing you know, we saw the first first week of 8% rates. Let's just hope that new listings data just has a seasonal normal decline and not have another leg lower. So that those are the things I'm tracking. And then, of course, we're, we're toward the end of October and uh, seasonality kicks in. And then, you know, if that happens, that's just very, that's the traditional uh, inventory cycle. There's nothing abnormal about it. So uh, those are the only things I'm focusing on. But of course, you know the main story this year, really since mid July is that new listings data has been trending at the lowest levels ever and you know in in a time where people are talking about escalating inventory, you know it just hasn't been the case uh you have to list your house to sell it, right? You just can't doesn't work that way, right? You know you can't sell your haunted house on instagram uh in three seconds, but uh those again we're we're it's a little bit different now because we're toward the end of the year. Uh, and really, it's it's going to be very interesting spring twenty twenty four. I mean, especially if rates stay this high, uh, I think that's that's the gearing up. That are we going to have a normal inventory channel year for the first time post COVID?
0: Rates cannot stay this high. This is not good. We cannot have eight percent rates in spring twenty twenty four. I'm just lodging my complaint now to whatever powers it be. That is not acceptable. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, if everything goes with economic cycles, uh, that shouldn't be the case next year.
0: Oh man, that's good to know, Logan. Thank you so much for being on, getting us caught up, and uh, we will talk to you again in a few days.
2: Pleasure, and and tr- trust me, everyone, we're gonna get the video out between Sarah and I debating on uh, uh, the mortgage rate lockdown, and uh, it was it was a thing of beauty. I cannot wait.
0: You know. I- wait either because i actually think i made some great arguments i did not win that room but i could win overall i'm still hopeful
2: sarah i believe that you believe that you're gonna win the argument always <laughs> you don't have to convince me
0: patronizing that is patronizing <laughs> okay we will all see and maybe our larger audience will vote how about that that's you what? can have them
2: all, all vote for right. you want once <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right thanks logan